from Ennui. This is Ennui Talk. You can support the show and other Ennui projects by subscribing to Ennui Plus on Patreon. But for now, sit down and enjoy. Jackson, my friend. Now, before I continue, how do you correctly pronounce your surname? Because I've I've listened to a few podcasts with you on it and trying to remember how to pronounce your surname is always a hassle in my head, but how do you pronounce it? It's, is it? It's Hewins. It's Hewins. very rare. It's... Yeah, it's, I, I don't think I've, I've never met anybody or heard anybody with the same name, uh, last name. And it, the thing is, it's so close to so many things that are easily uh, pronounceable, like Huggins, Hudgens, Hughes. You know, there's like three options there that seem most reasonable. Um, but luckily, I'm not like a, I don't really get funny about names. I, the only time I get funny is, you know, I worry that somebody might say it wrong and then, then they feel bad about it or something. But, you know, as long as I get the idea that you're, uh, you're addressing me, you know, that's all I care about. And that's your name. name is Mr. Matthew Winter. That is correct. It is a very common surname. I actually, I actually have no idea, um, but it's an easy it pronounceable. It does. It does indeed. Very easily pronounceable. Um, so Jackson, who are you? For for people who don't know, like you know, for all my probably like twelve listeners who are listening to this right now, tell us who you are. Uh, I'm a young man uh, living in America. I just moved off. On my own, I'm, I'm jumping right into life, pursuing filmmaking, storytelling, uh, writing, and I'm trying to get, I've moved to Atlanta to try to get into some, the film industry, make some friends, some connections, uh, get on some sets, and ultimately uh, be writing, directing, and editing uh, narrative feature-length films. More, more film than TV for you, for you personally. Yes, film is the. Uh, I believe my my favorite the, my favorite stories in this world. The, the stories that have had the most impact on me are a you know theatrical cut uh, narrative film. Interesting. Um, I've always I've actually wanted to ask you um, because like going to Atlanta like like obviously it's twenty twenty. The internet is here, obviously. Um, is there a reason why you sort of wanted to, like, you know, obviously you want to make feature-length films. Do you think that's the only way at this stage to get into... Is, it, is, it, is going into the, into the traditional media of making feature-length film the only way to make feature-length films at this time? Like, obviously, like, independent filmmaking is, like, a big thing, et cetera, et cetera. But... Mm-hmm. Like you moved to Atlanta for a reason. Is it? Is it just to be around it? Yeah, I I think that certainly I I think I could have stayed in uh, North Carolina where I grew up, which was starting to grow film industry. But then they passed some dumb bills and such and political things that then forced the the film industry out. And uh, so what was that? They cut benefits. What what sort of what what did they do exactly? I I don't know the, the uh, exact law, but if if you know if you're in America, you've probably heard about the the bathroom law, and they just got 
I don't know, our governor was not very smart and just on top of cutting benefits, they were just making some really just, uh, you know, very backwards political moves. And uh, ultimately, you know, I, I think it's it's even given, sadly enough, it's given North Carolina like a, a bad reputation. But there really are, you know, like it's just, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff in North Carolina, at least in, you know, in the, the heart of the, the city of Raleigh. But, um, and there's definitely a lot of cool film people there. Uh, but, you know, I think when those political things happened, then people, the film industry that was growing North Carolina kind of moved down to Atlanta. That's my little bit of my theory, because I think that the, the film industry here uh, had been growing over that time. And so then, you know, yeah, I wanted to be, Sure, I could have stayed in North Carolina and, uh, you know, continued to make independent films and short films there um, and, and work there. And that's certainly, a, you know, a, a still a viable route. Uh, I mean, I made like, I guess, probably about three short films out of my like five short films I've made. I made a few of them there. Uh, with my friends and I think I could have continued to do that. And I know there's also more like dedicated independent film people in North Carolina that I could have connected with, but, um, you know, I, I want to get on more sets and I want to get on, on big sets and, you know, big budget things. And do I, you know, maybe I don't want to make in, you know, I don't know that I want to make super commercial things, uh, in the, long run but um you know I, who knows if i if i like the lifestyle of having a huge set but i think there's so much to learn from from being on a a huge set um and i think it's cool to to have the balance of you know have that option to get on huge sets which i haven't really I, i've only been on a couple of sets and that's something that once you know, once the world starts to open back up, I'd like to, to get more experience like that. But that opportunity is here. So, you know, I think it would be a good balance to be on very big productions, you know, Hollywood type films. Uh, and then in the time between that, you know, do things with friends. And I think that's just that seems like a really nice balance to me. And then you make friends on the big sets because these crews are so big and filled with passionate people who are doing their own independent things. And then you know, once you get in this loop with these people you've met through these huge sets, um, you know, then you can get on their projects, they can get on your projects. It just seems like a really good flow. And, you know, those huge sets aren't happening in North Carolina as often. And it's really cool. And I can tell you some more about, like, the experience of the one set that I was on, which wasn't even that big in, compared to, in comparison to some of the productions that they do here. But Oh, tell me for sure, for sure. I think it's it's something I'm very interested in because I've just because I I not that I'm scared and I'm scared to be on a bigger set. I think in a, in a way because I am very much a control freak. I think it's like you know I I started my I started on we so I could create my own stuff, but at the end of the day, it's just I don't like being in positions I don't have control. But how am I going right. to learn in that sense? But also in that sense, the Australian industry in film and TV is very small. And, you know, um, 
the closest production company to me. They don't. They just make you know commercials and advertisements, blah blah blah. There's no real film industry here. There's no real. I the the comedy TV scene has gotten sort of a little bit bigger through um, Australian Broadcast Corporation. They're sort of the ABC. They've sort of um, funding more stuff for their online VOD. So like there's 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 things like that, but other than that, there's there's nothing. But so well, so tell tell us more about it then. Tell, tell us more about what it was like being on a set. Right. So I I was on uh, a a pilot, uh, this this comedy pilot, and it was for just you know for one pilot, you know one episode, uh, and that was the biggest thing you know, I've been on. So clearly, I, you know, I am just at the very beginning. I'm at the, the seeds of, of what is to come, but, uh, I'm, this was a very good experience. I had this back in December. Uh, this, the set, I guess I'm trying to th- give you an estimate, maybe about like a, a total crew of maybe about 70 people. Um, and I'm, I'm told that that's relatively small. But this was definitely the biggest thing that I had I had been on, uh, and there's just you know it's really cool because each individual person you know they have their they're like so passionate about their own thing and they have their own goals and uh, you know that like I was saying you know that they are all like super hardcore creative people. And, you know, it's like when they're not killing it on set, you know, they're killing it in whatever they're like, you know, their their passions are when they're not on set. And I think that's really, really cool. And so you, what, what you're going to do, it's kind of like camp, it, feel, it felt like to me, where it's like you are working these really long hours. And as it gets towards the end of the week, once it gets to like Friday, your the schedule has shifted through all these variables and like working with uh, talent and everything. It, it I'm told that this is a usual schedule of where Fridays end up. If you shoot from like Monday through Friday, it ends up where Friday just basically starts the beginning of the day starts about like I don't know the evening or like four or five p.m. and then goes until seven a.m. on Saturday. Right. So you're basically it, it's at that point, it, it feels like, you know, like camp to me. And I'm sure uh, experienced people who have pulled this many times probably wouldn't agree that it feels uh, like camp, you know, because I don't know. It's definitely very exhausting. Uh, but for the first time, it was very, you know, to have it from those eyes. It's like, when else are you going to be with 70 other people, all of like, you know, the most like diverse group of you know, in every way, like, you know, in age and everything, when are you going to be around this group of people, uh, you know, pulling an all nighter and working to, you know, fulfill somebody's vision of something. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's just an interesting experience that it's like this, like never, happens and then to go through that with all these people you know it's like it forces everybody to really form a bond and you know 
I guess maybe the whole mood of a crew and a production is maybe from things I've heard is maybe set by the people who are, uh, I don't know, at like really at the top controlling things. Um, but, or, you know, I don't know, like the people who are the assistant directors or the, the producers, I guess, you know, the people from the top down, it kind of, the attitude can be felt all throughout, but luckily this, you know, everybody was so positive and it's like, you know, and, making jokes to at it's it's you know 4 a.m or whatever and everybody's just like so tired and you know you're walking through this this set that's like being blasted with super bright lights it's just such a rare experience and i think i, I don't think you can go through that and like not bond with at least one person there you know so uh, that's really a huge part of it to me and that was just very very interesting that it's like you know it's unless you you like you'd have to try to not form a bond with with these people so yeah i guess that's that's my experience with with my biggest set i've been on and that's ultimately why i think it's i want to stay here in atlanta and get more on these things i could go to new york or i could go to la but i think i chose atlanta because it's closest to North Carolina the, the it feels the most like North Carolina I mean it oftentimes I can't really tell in terms of like biome and uh you know the surroundings and weather and everything it feels just like North Carolina uh and New York is just like that's you're living in a whole other world in terms of the city for me it's very everything's fast-paced uh so I, I like Atlanta it's got a nice balance but I, I'm excited to have more times on these these with these big crews it's very interesting just to get back to the point of um being on set with these people do you do you think that everybody who is on set everybody who gets into that industry want to be there do all of them want to be in the creative industry uh to me it it seems like all the people that yeah i mean i i it seems like the people that I had interactions with, they, they all had, you know, that they wanted to, to be there. I think it's kind of hard to, to end up in a situation where you are, are working, you know, till the, these hours and constantly running around and everything and not want to be there. I would assume that if there are people that, that didn't want to be there, they would probably get filtered out pretty quickly. Because I feel like it's because what I was going to say was like like there's there's obviously other jobs in you know I guess in like I guess in retail and you know just like you know working at a twenty four seven convenience store of some sort and stuff like that like obviously you're not going to working in lower ranks in you know producing a pilot for a show you're not going to be paid the most money in the world I don't know how many people. Like, I always wondered, like, how many how many people would go? Oh, I don't even know if I'd like to work in the entertainment industry, but I'd rather do that than be working overnight at this gas station, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think people, you have to have the ambition, the drive to even go to get yourself into that sort of position. And is it is it even hard? Is it hard to get into the position where you are on set for even something small like producing a pilot? 
Well, wait, hang on. So, so you're asking, is, is it hard to... Yeah, is, is it hard to even get yourself in the position to be a part of the production team on a set for even something as small as a pilot? I mean, for... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Are you saying, like, mentally is it hard to prepare? No, just, like... to, just to even be in the position there. Like, not mentally, but, like... Like, not, like, like I guess, like, the... Like, what's the application... Like, is there an application process? Is it just... Um, oh, 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 like, in terms of, of getting there, like, is it... Yeah, is, oh, it, a, okay. is, it, is it a clicky yeah, so, thing? Is it a... You sort of have to know people? Yeah, is yeah. it? so I think the thing is, is that, you know, at least a good set like this is that a lot of these people have kind of either worked together before or they know people that worked together before. And, you know, with this... And, like I said, everybody was so positive on this thing. I, I think it's just because some of these people felt like friends basically they've clearly had already you know i was the 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 new person into this environment a lot of these people already knew each other and and it's so cool because it's like it's kind of like you've like gone to war with these people like like the way i've seen i see the people interact it's like it's clear that they had pulled all-nighters before on other productions and some of these people it's like they hadn't seen each other in years but it's like as soon as they came back together it's like once you've once you've experienced that like the all-nighter thing with a crew of 70 it's like once you see these people again then you just you know i don't know like i said it's like camp or something it's like this reunion um and uh of course the, I, that view is you know like i said from somebody who's experienced this not very much and so that could seem as like a naive view but i think that view is just kind of is from somebody who is kind of looking at it taking a step I'm able to kind of take more of a step back and look at it. But I think that's really what is there that these people have gone through this experience. But in terms of, yeah. So I think that because these people are so friendly with each other, um, you know, you, you, when you're working on a film and the, the stakes are so high in terms of like money and time and everything, um, you want to know that you can have people, you can trust. Um, so, you know, often, yeah, it's kind of a weird process. It's not like you can just, there's not like a building you can just walk into and get a job in film. Like you've kind of, you, it's, I think you've got to start to build up your trust with, with people and they've got to like, and you can't just do that by like saying something you've got to prove something by you know working in front of someone and then once they see who you really are through your work then they can you know trust you and then give that you know then put you in the path of, of somebody else and then i think it's just a, a matter of like getting yourself in front of these different people um but yeah it's certainly i i don't there's there's not one path to getting out of these sets, but I think a big thing is is being very persistent. And then, you know, when you are in front of these people and you're working in front of these people, you've got to make sure that you're like on your game and that, you know, you are, if, you know, assuming that you do love to be in this environment working there, which I do, making sure that I'm showing that uh, and then ultimately 
you, you I guess you're trying to build up this momentum and keep going, keep being in the loop. But you do have to like I think the thing is you have to stay on top of people when you're first getting in. I think you've got to you know not annoy people, but push the limit of of persist being persistent with hitting up people. Um, and then I, I would think that eventually you've gained these people's trust enough that then, you know, then you earn this spot in their mind where it's like, oh yeah, this is somebody who I can rely on. And then, you know, the next time I'm in, I'm on part of a production. I mean, because of the nature of like schedules and everything, you know, productions are always like the size of the crew and the people in the crew are like shifting in and out. And it's like, it's hard to just like get, 70 people down solid for like a week and everybody can be there every day, every hour of the week. So, you know, there's always these fluctuations of like, Oh, somebody just left. We need somebody to fill this spot. So if like you're in people, you've gained enough people's trust, then you're just, as I see it, you're just going to have this flow of people are going to be, you know, calling on you. That's what it seems like from what I've picked up on people who are constantly working on sets is that they've, they've proven to people that they're serious about this, you know, enough people that they're serious and that they can be trusted and that they're, you know, they love what they're doing. And so because of that, you know, then they're going to be constantly called on amongst these people. So I think that's kind of, you know, the flow to get to, but in terms of getting your, your foot in the door, you've just got to be, very persistent and then once you get one of these opportunities you've got to you've got to really make the best of it and I, I think the thing is is like if you really if you're on set and you're working and you have the best attitude I mean I, I really I think it's more of an attitude and you know self-awareness making sure hey am I doing everything the best I can be you know, if I'm, if I have made a mistake, how can I make sure not to do that again? Um, but, you know, from there, you're going to make mistakes when you're so new. Like, there's so much to, to learn that you're naturally going to make mistakes. But usually, it's not like, if you make a bunch of mistakes on your first set, the people aren't going to, like, base your character off of that. It's more going to be your attitude and how you handle the mistakes and then what you do but they they know that there's so much to learn that you're going to be making mistakes um and that this is such like a different world uh, you know the film history is like such a different world than like most other things that um you're going to make mistakes uh so yeah I, I mean i think just being persistent almost to the point of annoying people uh and like checking in on people that you know and then just trying to to grow the amount of people that your face is in front of and you know you can't like have like a brand like you, you're like you've got to have a resume and stuff but that it's more of like your brand is is the work that you do in front of these people they have to see how you react in situations and that's the that's the brand i mean it doesn't nothing else really matters. Uh, but also I, I do, this is kind of 
a little bit different than than that. But I was going to say that there are so many roles in making a, a film production happen that um, I don't know. I was just worried that maybe I said something that made it seem like uh, it's only like creative jobs. But what's cool is it's like really anybody has a place in the film industry. Like I feel like every other industry, like there's a role that kind of is equivalent to that. Like, you know, there's, there's the whole, like there's a bunch of accountants that work on film and like, you know, there's people that have to like work with like parking and driving. And uh, there's so many different elements that it's like, I kind of feel like a, a full, full on film crew. Like there's somebody that is like equivalent to like a totally different job. Uh, like it's, it's just so many different people with t- so many different skills uh, coming together. And I think that a lot of people have the knowledge and skills to be on a film set. I guess what I was saying is that what you have to learn is more of like, you know, the lingo and the, the specific rules and, you know, more like etiquette but i do think that you know a lot of people i mean if you work in retail or if you work in restaurants you probably have the skills you need to be on a film set it's just more of like then you know there's there's like the etiquette of a film set it's a little bit different but a lot of the people already are doing the you know the things that need to be done on a film set that's a lot of stuff. That, that is a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. But it's it's very interesting that there's a lot there's a lot in there. But it's I think it's people don't understand that you don't have to get stuck in like not even just the entertainment industry. Like, but but it, because that's what we're focusing on. I think anybody can work their way in there somewhere. And there's always I do think there's a lot of ways you can still work yourself up like up there's always um you know you could go from production assistant all the way to head do you know what i mean of head of production um exec being executive producer for for films or for tele for you know there's 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 ways to work your way up in the industry um one thing that you touched on that really sort of resonated with me was the attitude um the way i found you actually was through just you replying to different tweets, um, you filming yourself, you know, like, oh, you know, great tweet, have a good day, et cetera, et cetera. And it comes off, initially it came off as like, oh, this guy's, this is a good sort of, um, a good kind of bit. This is a good sort of gimmick, but it's, (laughs) it's it's a bit, it's a, you know, it's a bit sort of like, not tongue in cheek, but it's just, you know, it's just like, oh, this is, you know, a little, it it does it comes off as slightly comedic at first, but then when you get to see the rest, even maybe in in a, in a way, of course. But once you see your whole quote unquote body of work, you can see that it's not just a gimmick. You can see that you are quite a positive person, and of course, it's like, you know, um, I think it'd be stupid to say if you wouldn't be replying for tweets if it wasn't for, um, you know, some sort of I don't know, reply of some sort. You know, obviously, you know, you're, you're applying to um, tweets of significance, if you want to call it that. Yes. But it's, 
I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, the, the persona that you're, that you portray online is just an exaggerated version of yourself. Same with me, same with, you know, a lot of people. Um, because you are quite a positive person. And I, li- I listened to a podcast where it was, you were talking about your perspective on life and work ethic. And and I, I wanted you to, to, to talk a bit about that. Because we, we discussed a little bit before the podcast, um, talking about work ethic and and, and stuff like that. Um, what, like, what, what sort of inspired your work ethic, do you think? Like, for me personally, it was, um, you know, I'd finished school and it was watching and listening to a lot of... Um, Gary V content. He sort of got me out of the slump of, um, oh, what am I going to do after school? Like, I know exactly what I want to do, but how do I do it? Um, blah, blah, blah. And it was like the concept of, um, head in the clouds feet. Is it feet in the dirt? Is it, uh, it's, it's, I can't remember the it's exact. Like, it's, I mean, he just, uh, one way I've heard it was clouds. It's just clouds in the dirt. And it's like, you know, if you got, yeah, if you got your, for as much time you're spending up in the cl- clouds, you got to equal, I, I don't know if this is his exact words, but this is the concept that it's like, mm. you know, as much as you're going to dream, you've got to have equal amount of, you know, the, the dirty work that equals that, you know? Uh, so that was kind of a, a big thing to me. Um, but no, I mean, I think that work, the work ethic, uh, it's been kind of strange. I mean, like, uh, I think I, I never felt like in school, like I, I think the thing is it's like, it was a totally different world to me than everything else. And like, it was kind of weird. Cause like, I never felt like fulfilled in school. Like I always felt like I was a, you know, failing or whatever, all the adults, like I felt I was, you know, letting down because in the school environment, that's how I, how I was, uh, you know, like falling asleep in in class or whatever. And then, you know, teacher who I respected, uh, you know, then wake me up and be like in front of the whole class and be like, dude, what did you even read the book or whatever? And what are you doing? And then me being like, Oh, sorry, mister. I was just making up a character called sleepy guy. And I was trying out my part, you know, and, just doing stuff like that. Like that's was like my school life. And, you know, when I got my first job in, in high school, it was like, I guess I was kind of worried that my school life, you know, the way I interacted with adults there was going to be like the same way I interacted with adults. Well, I, I, I get, I had respect for my teachers, but I guess just in that environment, it just, I was failing or whatever by their definition. So I was worried that, you know, when I got into the, the work zone, but I was always excited to get my first job. And then when I got my first job, um, I wasn't failing. And I had a really good relationship with uh, everybody at my job. And I kind of realized this is like a, that like that world operated nothing like these classroom environments I'd been in. And I think one of the things that was very different to me is like, in the classroom environment, there's this weird hierarchy, you know, amongst grades. And then even amongst like the teacher is like this person standing above you, pointing down at you and you are, you know, surrendered to them or whatever. That's at least what I felt my position was. And then, you know, when I started working this job, it was like, 
I was working this job at this Mexican restaurant, really, really great place. Uh, and you know, it was like, people were just like my peers, like everybody was my peer. Uh, you know, I was, everybody luckily treated me with, even though I was, you know, 14 years old, everybody treated me with, with respect. And I appreciate that. And it was like, I don't know, there, there wasn't this, like, it wasn't like people were on different planes of existence. We were all on the same level of existence trying to operate this restaurant. And uh, that was just very, a very good experience, I think. And then I kind of realized that, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I realized that, I mean, obviously, I think my, my parents raised me, fortunately enough, to to have a good work ethic. And I think basically where I put my work ethic was like in things outside of school up until I had my first job. And then once I had my first job, I realized that like, this was a way to put this energy, whether it was that I was some sort of like entrepreneurial instincts or whatever. But, uh, I mean, that was just, that was the first time that I saw that like, Hey, this is like, a totally different world than I thought I was in before. And, uh, ever since then, you know, I've, I guess I've just always, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I guess I'm just trying to trace back to like, you know, how one forms, a a work ethic. Uh, hmm. see my was sick. My sort of, um, childhood was not significantly different. See, I never got my first job till I finished school. Like I always, I was very adamant that like once I was 14, 15, actually, no, I did have a job actually. It was 14, 15 working in a local target, you know, just putting clothes on the racks, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I sort of went, Hey, I'm going to leave. And I sort of did a bit of graphic design for like different bands um, never really took off. It was just like an extra 50 bucks here and there. And mm-hmm. I didn't get my next job until after school working in a kitchen. And I think that, I think that having my, the only interactions outside of my, like my family and close friends being at school was a real detriment to me. Like, obviously I, I didn't actually know I stopped playing like sports and interacting with other people, mm-hmm. um, sort of, you know, 14, I think it was. Um, and I think that really made me quite an introverted person. Like, obviously there's many good things like, you know, um, I delved a lot into the internet. Um, I found things that, um, I never really thought I, I would find. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, fi- I did, I, I found the things that I enjoyed. Um, I found out that I love comedy. I find, I found out that I love podcasts. I found out that mm-hmm. I love, um, filmmaking in general really and I think like I was good that I had even though it was just by myself like I think that I'm quite an an introverted person at heart like I am obviously hosting a podcast you have to be partially extroverted to even start Mm -hmm. one of course but and I think that once I finished school and I I worked a shitty job um, and then I moved started working McDonald's and it was a better atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. I did come out of my shell and, you know, and I think the other big thing is I became more self-aware. 
I think, a, like, you know, late high school and sort of coming out, I wasn't aware that I was quite an intense person. Um, you know, um, pretty much, I guess, um, in the shortest way possible, I didn't know when to shut the fuck up. I didn't know mm-hmm. when, um, you know, like, even with friends, it's like, you know, when to stop making a shitty joke or what is yeah. actually funny and oh i don't know it was like picking no, picking I, I my moments picking my moments for sure right i relate to that and i also think that uh you know realizing that positivity is like just way more beneficial to life operation than negativity is also kind of you know really helps that aspect of my life of you know not knowing when to to shut up because you know if you're spewing out negative stuff and you don't know when to shut up that's like really uh a dangerous combination for for you and and those around you but but more yeah and so if you don't know when to shut up and you're you're spewing positivity then you know the only way it can backfire is you know people thinking you're annoying or you know whatever but yeah and that's one thing i've been told i am intense and annoying i think i've sort of handled that a bit better and i've also also harnessed it in other sense senses i guess um i think self-awareness is something that not a lot of people have that's one thing um gary v has actually always says that like one of the most important things that you need to have is self-awareness in many many cases like self-aware that this idea might not work and need to change, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that self-awareness is very, very important. I think it took me... Oh, totally. Oh, I, even through my teenage years, for sure, I was not very self-aware at all um, in many senses. Right. Um, not self-aware of um, negative friendships and negative relationships and not aware of that there were many things I was doing that was um, negatively affecting me and decisions that I made, like... One of my biggest regrets, honestly, is because um, I, I, I had six subjects that I had in grade 11, year 11, um, and I could drop one. And one of them, what, the, one I, the subject I dropped was music. And I really wish I didn't because I love being creative. Um, mm-hmm. And I really wish I sort of went along with that and I didn't listen to other people, et cetera, et cetera. Like, oh, if you drop that subject because it's a creative subject, it doesn't rank well. It doesn't rank well when you do your final exams, et cetera, et cetera. And I listened to them. I think it was, I think it was dumb. I think it was, I've, I've heard so many people that, oh, I'm going to do the, the, um, the science classes because if I do the science classes, it's going to make me look better on my application to yada, yada. I think just following your heart at the end of the day, like there's always ways to get into university and college if you really want to. I think if you, sometimes you just got to follow your heart. It's, it just, and it's hard when that when you're that young. Like part of me feels like this, just producing this podcast in general is a way that, because I, I, I feel like a lot of people who sh- should listen to this um, mm-hmm. are people, you know, my age, younger, you know, like that sort of general demographic and people who sort of like, they don't know young, I guess not just young men, but like just young people who 
they need that sort of guidance that they aren't getting in other aspects or they just need a like oh here's an idea like here's have you ever thought about it this way and that's why i like talking to people to to other people um yeah, getting no, their get, perspective get, uh, for sure yes yeah no collecting new perspectives is definitely and i think that also plays with you know being open to collecting new perspectives is, is you know you got to be self-aware to do that i want to some things we're talking about made me think that you know i think and maybe to now really answer the question of you know the uh where my work ethic comes from i, I think it's i don't know if this is something that you're you're I don't think it's something you're born with. I think it's maybe something that you're, you know, raised or the environment just kind of, you know, this is more of a, a, a skill or, I don't know, acquired talent. But I, I think um, ambition is something that you and I both share, you know, being oh, for sure. very, you know, ambitious. And, um, you know, ambition is, is not the, the full thing. You, you didn't have to have, you know, skills and knowledge and you know of your craft and and talent but ambition is definitely a big step of the way and you can have you know genius or whatever but if you if you don't have the ambition then then it doesn't really matter so it's it's a it's a big step of the way and i think that's kind of you know part of that aspect of you know you're saying it's can get you in trouble or if you don't know how to you know if, if you come it ambition can then sometimes come across as being annoying or something but um you know when you can once you have it then that's the the special part and then you can figure out how to to balance it but i think that ambition is kind of you know that plays into the saying you know you're hungry you got to be hungry you know ambition that's that, that drives that that hunger and that's you know doing you know a, a job that you know you don't want to your goal, as I see it, is, is from us talking is that you don't want to to be a, a McDonald's guy, but you know this is your you know it's like you 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 have that that hunger and you know to you you've got to be working and you know. I don't know. It's like you're, you're working. You got to get the. You got to have the gears constantly in motion. And I feel like working a job that is, you know, not being able to sit down and think about your, or not being able to sit down and work at your podcast or your film all day, kind of in in this weird way, like drives up your your hunger and your ambition for what you like, like. It was when I spent a lot of my time uh, before I moved down here, when I was saving up money to move here to Atlanta and I was working jobs uh, like, you know, taking out trash or whatever that, you know, isn't really directly applicable, applicable to uh, writing a film. It, it's like it ramped up this, the, the hunger for like, then when I like got back home, I was like super hyped up and, ready to write. And I, it kind of makes me think now, you know, if, if I had the chance to just get paid to, to write all day, I'd want to like, I don't know, like go, I want to have like a, a, a janitorial job or something to like work on the, you know, to, to kick up my inspiration. Cause I, I just don't think that sitting at my, my desk all day would, would be enough. Uh, I don't know, but 
Mm. No, I, I know exactly. I know exactly what I think you mean. That, that you and I share this thing of ambition, uh, and it's a very essential trait. But you know, it's it's just a part of the equation, and you know. Once you or I have the ambition, then we got to make sure that we keep that going while along the way we start to acquire these skills and, and, and knowledge and, and learning things. Uh, but, you know, the ambition is what keeps this in motion. And we've got to make sure that we keep the ambition. Um, I, I, you know, you talked about the Twitter thing. I just wanted to, to touch on that. And, uh, I think that's very to say, you know, the, the reason this is, this is more, I guess, just to talk about Twitter now, but, you know, so I, I had been leaving all these video replies on, you know, the, the most trending tweets. Uh, and, you know, I had found that this was like the, the way to get in front of people on Twitter, the way to, you know, the way maybe to get in front of people on Instagram is to, is to post your own original content or whatever but the way but twitter works is more of like a conversation and you've you've got to have your own say but around what is popping and so that was just the best way to get in front of people and then also twitter is kind of jokey you know so it's like everything's kind of jokey so it's like you've got to hit hit it in there where it seems kind of jokey so you get your way in there and then you try to hit it with that that uh positive punch but you know, because it's such a weird thing, you know, I, I like that you were telling me how it's, you know, it does seem disingenuous at first, which I'm totally aware of. Um, but that's like, you know, that's the, the hook. And then I'll keep doing it and, you know, let my actions show, hey, this is, and then that's kind of also like when you're trying to, you know, you know, you're, you're selling your, I guess, you're, you know, you're kind of like, you're trying to sell yourself in a way, um, you know, but to bring other people value, um, you know, it's like working on a film set or whatever, you know, you're, you're doing this thing, you're, you have a really positive attitude or whatever. At first it might be like, this guy's, he's got to be, you know, joking that he wants to, stay up all night or whatever but then you know let the time tell let it show that you're not you know this is this is for real i'm not there's no character to break but yeah with twitter it's like you kind of you are it's a heightened version of uh of who you are uh but that's just like that's the way to that's the way the game is played there um for you but it's I just wanted to ask for you is building a social media audience, building your personal, is it, is it, is it for your personal brand or is it more for the connections that can lead to the traditional, your, your goals of making feature length films, like meeting no, the people who it's, are. Right. It's more for making it, It's yeah. So when I say I'm trying to sell myself what i mean is, is you know is to get myself you know i i have to be like i'm marketing a product or whatever in order to get out there and get in front of there 
but then you know then that gets me to where you and i can can chat and then i could be like all right here i am you know now let's talk and how can we help each other and how can we you know how can we benefit each other you know it's like yeah it's not for for clout or anything like i i really i don't care about that and like i don't and i'm fortunate to feel this way that like i, I don't need other people's like approval um and you know you you can't let yourself get like that and it's it's hard not to be able to like constantly be self-aware and think about it but you're you're gonna be miserable if, if you ever rely on other people's approval um but it's yeah it's more of a a tool of of networking and you know i've i've met you and we wouldn't be having this conversation that is you know ultimately trying to understand our perspectives and learn more about ourselves and if and you know the, the people that are watching this you know see us trying to learn about ourselves and hopefully learn about themselves you know i think it's you know yeah the twitter is is can, it can really be a good networking tool and it's like it's fun to to also get on there and do like the opposite of what other people are doing where it's like usually people are like wanting to stir up an argument or conversation, but what is, where does that come from inside of you and, and what purpose does that serve? But it's so much cooler if, you know, clearly Twitter can be used in, in a way where you and I can talk to each other and help each other get to our goals better. I mean, I, I also met this guy, uh, Austin, um, he's it's well i don't two austins on twitter but i met this austin from japan and his we've like become good friends uh from twitter and he found me the same way and then his friend who's into music uh then i was able to get him connected with my friend who nick who does all my scores and they were like they're making an album together and like really like actually collaborating they've never met in person or anything and you know it's it's amazing. I, I just, I think the more, you know, whether you want to boil it to some sort of like, uh, I don't know, karma thing, if that's what works for you, you know, it's like the more you can help out other people to get to where they want, you know, it's like, that's kind of the, the game. And, you know, I just, I would rather yeah, I'd like to do what I can to let's, you know, let's all, it, it doesn't get you anywhere by booting other people down or whatever. And like, you know, I used to way back, you know, I might, when I was on Twitter before I was ever really realizing positivity and stuff, I was more of this mindset, which I see all the time of where you might jokingly be like, you know, Oh yeah, guys. Uh, why don't you come check out my channel? Cause I'm, you know, I'm the best, and these guys suck. You know, that never gets that never gets you anywhere. Um, hmm. No, it's I was yeah. what I wanted to mention was uh, 
it, it, it just taking me it's taking me to a second to reflect on that because it's you know I started making stuff because I wanted to make stuff of course and it's like sometimes and I think I to an extent I still do I get wrapped up in I think we all do get wrapped up in numbers and how many likes is this getting and how many views is this getting and how many listens am I getting um and I think at the end of the day it's it's the impact you make on other people whether that's with the content you make or it's with just conversation and I think that's that's one thing like that's amazing that um that we, we've been able to connect like that and like this could be the the beginning of a of a wonderful wonderful friendship and it's like who knows right. like 10 years from now we could be making a feature length film together like who knows right and that's but and it's to ha- and to have this in-depth conversation hmm. and to be able to like give each other the time and, and listen to each other and genuinely you know have a conversation it's like hmm. this is all we, we, the tools are all here oh, of course but you know, so it's it's just using the, the, the tools to the best of our abilities. And, you know, I, I would much rather use the tools for something like this than, you know, anything else. But I think it's like, like, it's a bonus that this is content. Like, it's a bonus that we have recorded this. It's going to be out on YouTube and podcast platforms um, for people to engage with and like, you know, to build my brand and to build the on brand and turn it into what I wanted to, to turn into. But like, well, that's all well and good. And I want to do this for a living, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The bigger thing on my mind, at least at this moment and well, in most moments, it's just like, how can our conversation affect other people and how can our conversation make change people's mindsets? Like I've got, I've got a few friends who are like um, still in school and a few who have just come out of school who have worked on content with me. And it's like, I can see that they have the want, the passion. And sometimes it's just, they need a bit of the guidance or they need a bit of the motivation. And it's like, you know, I don't know if they listen to these pod, the podcasts that they're not in, or I don't know if they, I don't know if they watch my content at all. Like realistically, like outside of helping out, but I think there's stuff in this that can help people I know, people I don't know, um, especially people from um, countries like Australia specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, this because there's no industry here. A lot of it is like you know you're gonna make shit yourself and then put it online. There is no real industry to. There's no industry that people can go, even like the YouTube industry, like. It's it's American, you know what I mean. Like America has mm-hmm. the monopoly on um, video content and audio content um, online, like without a doubt. And that's just that's the way it is, and that's the way it's it's always going mm-hmm. to be. But Australia is so far down on that of like we've got nothing. Like we have um, a few, like I, mean, I think a lot of the alternative sort of YouTubers are more popular than traditional YouTubers. A hundred percent. They've got bigger fan bases. I don't know if it's, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's because, um, honestly, I can't, I cannot think of a reason. A lot of the biggest celebrities who are traditional celebrities here in Australia, um, are 
a lot of them are ex-reality show um, contestants who now have radio shows in the main cities and their influences, mm-hmm. and that's all they are now. Um, very, very rarely do they transition into um, anything decent. There's no real pathway besides putting out content and maybe making it as anybody anywhere on the the world can do there's no real like like if you're in america you can you know talk to creators who are sort of around your area and maybe like collaborate with them in person etc etc it's much different here australia um is quite a big country um it's, it, I think it's big, is it, like, I think it, t- it just, it takes, like, obviously you can fly between city and city and et cetera, et cetera, and all that sort of jazz. It takes a while to drive, like, for me to drive from um, where I used to live to the capital city was five hours, and that mm-hmm. was within the same state. So, that tells you how, like, far away everything is from each other. Um, I think the internet has brought us people closer together. I think that because um, I used to I used to overthink all that stuff like oh there's no industry here in Australia etc cetera, etc cetera. when the world is my oyster the internet is my oyster um, right I think like no, for the it's audience, such a huge mm-hmm. tool it's such a huge like gift oh god yeah so I mean to to have to have the internet is is I I feel an extreme privilege. I feel super fortunate, you know, it's like to have access to the internet every day, you know, I, what more could I ask for? I feel like that's, I've won a lottery in its own. It's like, first of all, to be alive today, I feel like I won the lottery. Then to be able to have the internet, you know, at such easy access, you know, is, you know, also, then I feel like another huge win. Oh, without a doubt. I think that um, while there's many, many negative aspects to the internet, I think that it's brought us... Like, people say that it's, you know, it's, um, oh, people being on their phones, it's, you know, it's tearing us apart, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's brought us closer. I think that um, you can find people who like stuff exactly like you. I think that, you know, us finding each other... Not that it's this big love story and that it doesn't never happens, but it's like the people I know in person who help out with my projects and I love them all to death. And they're some of them listening to this and you know, I love you all, but it's, I don't think I love you too. <laughs> I did not, that's the thing. I don't think I've found anybody who has, is on the level of passion and um, determination and, would hustle as hard as me to get where I want to go. Obviously, there's um, there's many barriers that have been in front of that, sort of like, you know, um, burning out and um, not like, you know, figuring things out. But I think that both you and I, I think it's like we know, we, we, we know the end goal and it's getting there and it's just surrounding yourself with positivity and surrounding yourself with, the things that you think you you think that's going to help you get there, like realistically, you could never be on any set and you could still be a successful um, filmmaker. Realistically, but it's you know putting yourself in the positions where it's um, 
you're involved, you're around, you're surrounded by it. Do you know what I mean? You're surrounded by the things that it's, it's, it's really, really hard to explain because it's just, there is no right and wrong answer. Like there's many, many different paths to being a successful YouTuber or um, musician or filmmaker or um, writer, producer, director, right. et cetera, et cetera. But I think just surrounding yourself in the things that, you know what I mean? I think it, and it's, Gary Vee always says work backwards. And I've even found that sort of hard. Like, okay, my end goal is to have a huge um, production company that I'm running um, that's producing premium Netflix style shows and putting out podcasts and content that is very, very premium. How the fuck do I work back from that? Do you know what I mean? Like when you have your heads in the cloud clouds and and it comes back to that, the clouds and the dirt, it's like, you're just going to be in the dirt. And I think it's right. But it, hmm. no, good. So what are you going to say? No, continue, continue. Cause that's, um, well, it's hard it's, to find my thought. Back to the attitude. I, I, I think that the attitude is a huge part. And then this is why, you know, somebody's asking, you know, well then why positivity? Why surround yourself with this? It's, it goes back to the, the attitude, which is like, you know, and then this is why perspective is important. You know, perspective the either positive or negative charges that you give yourself throughout your day these things are go to your attitude which is like the attitude is is the thing that is like the most important element but um you know you need to have okay you need to have the end goal because that kind of is what gives you a purpose and to be able to function you need the purpose so you've got to have the end goal, but then, you know, the, you know, the end goal is, I, I think the one thing is, is that a lot of people have their, the attitude where it's like the end goal is success. And the, you know, the problem is the word, the word success is just done to the point where it's like, you know, so many people think it's this one definition of of right or wrong um and you know they've wherever they've acquired it from whether it be school or you know the way that their parents raise them but I, I think the thing is you're you can have your own term of success and it could be ever changing and ever shifting um and you know to know that like I guess you need to be constantly taking in different perspectives. And, you know, then I found that fueling yourself with positive charges then can help you keep and maintain this attitude of you are in perpetual success. You know, your attitude is is the success that like you moving along is success. Cause at and the end of the day, we might not get to the point where we achieve, um, you know, make it as making our own stuff for a living. Like that might never, not never happen, but right. We'd be and successful. That, mm. all, all I was going to say was, to have um, the positive values. Yeah, that, that's exactly right to having the positive values. And it's, I think just knowing that 
we've been successful in trying our best and putting our best foot forward and doing what we can to achieve our our goals and our dreams. That's what it is at right. the end of the day. So, but you've got to constant. The thing is, in order to keep that going, it's got to be constantly fueled. As in, like you know, to maintain health, you've got to keep a, a rhythm of things. You've got to keep, you know, a good balance of sleep. You can't, uh, you know, smoke or drink too much, or you can't, you know. There's a certain balance of things to keep your your body functioning. Uh, you've got to eat a, about three meals a day. Uh, if you don't get the right nutrients, you'll, it'll start to go out of balance and suffer. And it's the same way with, with your attitude and your mental state is that you've got to constantly fuel it. And if you fuel it with bad stuff too much, then, you know, then it's going to go to this unhealthy state. And, uh, the thing is your, your mind needs the best stuff and it needs, you know, a kind of three meals a day type thing. And that's why, you know, I, I, I am not gonna shut up about positivity. And that's why, you know, there's, there's not a, there's no limit to it because it's eventually one positive message will be burned up. It'll be, the, you know, my fuel, I'll burn through it. And I'll need some more. I love uh, that. But you've got to, you know, this life is is so um, temporary that you know you've got to take whatever the steps are to figuring out, making sure that now, the now, this very moment is the the proudest moment. You, like you've got to take whatever steps and obviously there's going to be all these situations that are going to lead you to not wanting to feel that. And there's going to be moments where you're going to be saying, how can I feel that now is the proudest moment, but you've got to, you know, I, I think it's very important to figure out how, how to do that. And that this, that right now is the success and that's, I mean, that's just a, a huge, huge thing. And, you know, it, I hate to, well, I don't hate to do this, uh, actually, but I was going to say, you know, to get all existential or, or not, you know, just to, to constantly be being so looking at everything from such a, a bird's eye view, but you, you've got to, got to, You've got to constantly be doing that. It's it's just essential because you know things aren't going to go the way you want, and you, you've got to constantly be adapting and shifting yourself to say, "Hey, how can I be? How am I living the dream? I'm making it big right now. How can I be making it big right now? Because you can't depend on making it big later." You can't de depend on uh, success later. You can't depend on making it big in the past, or you know, all you can depend on is right now. So, I see it as you've got to figure out a way to shift it. So, right now is making it big, and this is the dream, because at a mo 
you know, in the past I might have thought, oh, well, if I die tomorrow, then everything is out of order because I didn't ever make a feature film. But it's, you know, you've got to look at it at this crazy zoomed out sense of life is a movie or whatever. This is all, you know, what, what is you know, what is good and bad or whatever. Cause it's like, this was the story is you were on, you know, as if you're confident that you're on your route and that you've got the attitude, then a, you died, but you were full of this attitude of success. Uh, and you knew that you were doing in your eyes, the, you know, the right thing to you and you were, truthful uh and that's kind of you know and you don't have to it doesn't have to be any sort of religious thing at all it, that's just a self thing mm, i love that and it's i don't think many people i don't know i don't think many people are um in environments that sort of promote this sort of positivity not at all and that's and that's the biggest part of it um before we sum up, because it's about it's nearly it's about one thirty here here in Australia. I'm glad, yeah, no, but I'm, thanks but I'm for staying up, dude. Oh I, no, of course. I, I'm sorry to keep you up, but uh, I think it's it's been well worth it. I think it's been well worth to have this conversation, not just for me, obviously for content because like that's what we're here for, but it's to to have this conversation and for people to listen to, I don't know, to get this new perspective. Um, right. The, the best value that I can give you and anybody who's listening right now is, is my perspective. And I think it's important that, you know, I think the stuff we talk, you know, yeah, I'm, I want to do film and everything, but you know, me talking about technical film stuff right now, I, I believe that is not the best value I can give someone one, because, you know, I don't have all that experience uh, to feel so confident about giving technical film advice, but there's so you can get that in so many places and, in order to drive the want to make films and tell stories, you've got to have this love of everything, the duality. You've got to have a love for everything in life and enjoy life to, to be able to share stories and tell stories and make films and podcasts. You've got to have this fueling all of that. And right now I think it's important to focus on, on this, this step of the, the process. Uh, and yeah, I think that's the best value I can give everyone right now is just, is this, this current perspective I have, um, and thinking about your perspective is really the, the biggest starting place for everything. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree without a doubt. Um, before we, before we, we end things, Jackson, tell us, where can we find you? Um, is there anything you want to promote? Is there anything in general, anything you want to say before we clock off for today? Uh, I just want to say that right now is the only moment we've got. It's logical. It's true. And Matthew, I have no regrets of sharing this moment with you. I genuinely believe that uh, everything could end in two seconds and I'm glad that I'm spending this moment with you and it's being recorded and documented. Uh, and yeah, I mean, just make sure 
if you can realize that, I think that's cool. And, you know, positivity is, you should look into it if you can and think about it. And I hope you have a happy day because this is the only day. Excellent. I love that. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm sure uh, I'm Jackson Hewins, H-U-G-H-E-N-S. But ultimately, I think that's less important, more focusing on your inner perspective and living your truth. Ennui Talk is hosted by Matthew Winner, produced by Ennui. You can listen to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watch it in its entirety at youtube.com slash TV one You can show your support by becoming an Ennui Plus member, where you get exclusive series and podcasts, early access, and member-only perks. Join us at ennui.tv forward slash plus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.